This is First Up on TSN 1050. You ain't first, you're last. Yeah, I'll sing for you. Happy birthday, baby. Happy birthday. All right, it's one of the biggest days of the year here on First Up. Aaron Korolnik with the birthday boy, Carlo Koliakovo, the big 4-0 today. Thrilled to be here with you, my man. Before we begin the celebrations, it is Friday, so take it away. It's a double whammy for me, AK. T-G-I-F. <laughs> Bang! Wow. It, it is a double whammy. One um, of my favorite songs, too, to kick off the show. <laughs> look, Thanks. Look at this outfit from Mr. Koliakovo, who's got... We got to get a picture up here. Uh, Slick Nick. This guy's got... <laughs> God, I'm trying to. I'm struggling to describe what you're wearing. You've got glasses that have 40 across, emblazoned across them, and a and a party hat that says 40. You are ready yeah. to celebrate for the next four hours. I was uh, given specific directions when I came down to my desk this morning because my room has been sabotaged uh, by my kids. I have balloons everywhere. I have <laughs> decorated, not sabotaged. Yes. Well, decorated, okay. But sabotage would be if they like took your system for your job and like threw it in the lake. That would be well, sabotage. It's like I, everything on my like I have balloons. Like, like check this out. I come this 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 is this is on my computer when I wake up this morning. They told me to wear the glasses. They put the hat on. I got the pin. I got these big balloons behind me that say 40. There's little snacks everywhere. So Snacks, you know, wow. Yeah. You left out the biggest details of snacks yeah. to celebrate. Well, happy birthday, my man. It's, uh, it's great to be with you today. A momentous day because you only turned 40 once. And I, and I know like you think about in in sports where there you play your 1,000th game or you score your 500th goal or whatever it is. You know, it's it's a it's a meaningful number because it's one of those round numbers that everybody looks forward to, and forty would definitely apply because you've officially entered old age. So goodbye to your thirties. What a run a it was! Just a number, buddy. <laughs> now in your forties, I mean, think of all the things that Tiger Woods accomplished in his forties. You will be doing very similar things, well, I guess. If I'm on the same path as Tiger Woods, I'm probably feeling it this morning because I woke up and my back <laughs> is killing me. With my back you need morning, a micro dissectomy so. to follow in Tiger I Woods' I hope footsteps. I'm not on that same path as Tiger, but if the success that Tiger had in his 40s is in my future, I'd happily take it. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, it's a great well, day. It's a great day. It's Friday. It's TGIF Friday in the show. It's all request Fridays. So maybe people that are listening can text in certain birthday songs that they like. I love ooh. the one you just played. I hear it all the time. My kids love it. Um, it's one of my favorite songs to hear on the golf course, too. So um, it's an exciting day. It's here. It's finally here. I can't believe it. People are texting me early. I woke up to messages this morning. Uh, message for one of my good buddies. Lordy, Lordy, I can't believe you're 40. <laughs> and uh, it really resonated with me. I was like, wow, crazy. 40 yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. And uh, it's going to be quite the show. We've got some special surprises in store, no doubt, over the next four hours. And I can guarantee you're going to love a lot of them. Uh, it's going to be a very fun morning here. Uh, on TSN 1050, you're going to want to stick with us. As you mentioned, all requests Friday. So text us your song requests, 
And oh, it's going to be a hell of a program. Hell of a program. You have surprises for me? Is oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. Where you got people in. calling in wishing me. Uh, you know, again. I don't want, again, it's, it's the word surprise, you know, lends itself to a surprise. I don't want to ruin it yet. But, uh, you know, yeah. over the course of the four hours, we've got a lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff. We've got Nick McVicker producing today. And we've got 20 fingers behind the glass. We put our heads together and we came up with some good ideas so you'll have to listen over the four hours and you'll be part of the show so you'll definitely be privy to it but as far as what happened last night in the nhl have you ever seen anything like that some of the biggest underdogs just spanking huge favorites like the number of massive upsets blown leads crazy fights i mean philadelphia and minnesota it was like the 1970s again what a night in the nhl (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it was a crazy night. You know, we did our dump and chase segment, and I pointed out saying that, you know, this is the time of year where you're probably going to see a lot of big favorites on the board because you got all these teams feasting on the weaker teams in the league. Well, somebody must have sent a memo out to these weaker teams about what Gary Bettman said about tanking, and they're taking it to heart. <laughs> Honestly. That's exactly right. Bulletin Anaheim board material. Ducks go into Colorado and beat the Avalanche. They were on a six-game winning streak. The Calgary Flames lay an egg against the Chicago Blackhawks, who got steamrolled by the Vancouver Canucks the other night. Those teams were both minus 400 or more. Yeah. How about Arizona beating St. Louis, uh, who isn't good, by the way, but 5 nothing Arizona? Uh, Nashville remember, uh, beating Jersey? I mean, it's just patently absurd what was going on in the NHL last night. Remember I told you earlier in the week when we were talking about how, you know, what potential players the Maple Leafs could be looking at for trades. And I said, well, it's hard to really make that determination now because over the next couple of weeks, you could see new teams, you know, develop as sellers. And I hate to say this about my former team, but the St. Louis Blues just lost to Chicago, Arizona, and who was the other team that they lost to? The other night, Buffalo. they've been brutal. They, they, they've been brutal. Yeah, they lost to Buffalo. Buffalo played the second half of back to back. Traveled across the country. Terrible schedule spot for the Sabers and and the Blues got got basically blown out by them. The Blues are the Raptors, man. It's the same thing. They won God, in twenty nineteen. Such a great comparison. And 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 I think everybody in St. Louis is looking at this team. But like, we have all these great players. We have O'Reilly. We have Tarasenko. Jordan yeah. Bennington's won a Stanley Cup. And Pareko's there. And you know we, the list goes on and on. All these great players, but. Like the time, it's just the team's just not the same. And no. you look at the Raptors in the same light, right? Where like, oh, Van Fleet and Siakam and Anobi and all these great players, Gary Trent and Scotty Barnes. But for whatever reason, they're twenty-one and twenty-seven, and you're yeah. kind of clinging on to the hope, like, oh, but maybe, maybe these guys can do what they did three years ago. And I think, in many respects, the Blues and 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 the Raptors need to come to the realization that this just ain't happening this year, yeah. and you need to recalibrate, reconfigure what your future looks like because your past is not your present, your past is not your future, and I think that is very much the case with those two teams. And St. Louis, talk about the asset that they could like they talk about being the team at the deadline. Tarasenko, O'Reilly, uh, Barbashev, the list goes on and on about guys yeah. who can make significant impacts on other teams. And you could bring in a ton of assets and really bolster your team, much like the Raptors could with Trent and Van Vliet and who knows. So I think it's a very interesting comparison. And, dude, there's a lot of news that broke yesterday with the Raptors and some of the rumors that they're involved in. And 
some of the eyes that are going to be on them. Uh, we'll get into that as as the show goes on. And, you know, it just, just goes back to what I said. Like, St. Louis is probably a team that probably viewed themselves as a playoff team. They're six points out of a playoff spot right now, heading in the wrong direction. And who's to say a week from now? I mean, we've seen how streaky this team could be. They've had seven-game win streaks. They've had seven-game losing streaks. They've had five-game win streaks. They had a five-game losing streak. So they're so up and down. What if they become sellers and and they're a team that now you're you're plucking players from? That's a team I would love to pluck. When John when Mike Johnson said Barbashev yes yesterday, I I literally like it, it got my attention because if you can get if you can get find a guy like that, I mean he's he can especially on this Maple Leafs team fit nicely on the third line, maybe even be a guy that you could try on the second line there as your left winger, plays a hard style of game, has that playoff experience, has scored big goals in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's crazy to think what, what could happen here over the next couple of weeks as we approach your trade deadline. And don't tell these these teams that are tanking hard for Bedard yeah. that uh, – they're, they they can't well. win games either because they're they're playing the roles of sport. These guys are winning games. Anaheim's won two games in a row. Maybe they were watching the CHL top prospects game and saw Bedard didn't record a point, and they're like, yeah. ah, you know what? Maybe they're not. He's not even as good as yeah. that. That's when hockey games. Instead. Yeah, I, I don't think that is the case. Uh, the Leafs are in action tonight. They host the Ottawa Senators. No determination on who will start in goal. I think we all expect Matt Murray. Will go against his former. I'd be team, surprised but, if it wasn't. But yeah, again, I would too. But at, at the same time, at the same, I mean, we know Ilya Samsonov's fourteen zero and one at home, and the guy's been outstanding. So I think you could go either way if you're Sheldon Keith. The Leafs play against Washington on Sunday as well at home. Dylan Strom on the show today nice. at nine thirty. Uh, remember the last Big time we talked to him last night? Huge win for the Caps, beating the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know if you saw that Kuznetsov shootout. I want to ask him where... about that. Like, is this <laughs> something? Does this guy something? This is this something this guy practices? <laughs> like, well, what what is his motive by going as slow as extremely you possibly slow? Can? Like, well, bar- barely not moving. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, that's that's the second or third time he scored doing that. Yeah, he's a cool cat. Is Evgeny Kuznetsov? Yeah, he scored a, a really. Ni- well, not, I don't know if it was nice or not, but it was extremely slow skating down uh, against uh, the Pittsburgh goaltender. So uh, Dylan Strom will join us at nine thirty. I think the last time we had him on was after he had remember the rally cap when he was yelling at the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, at the reliever Jays game. And, at the Jays game. Yeah, yeah, so I think we haven't caught up with him since. I think he was with the Blackhawks then. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now with the Washington Capitals now. Looking forward to that. We'll talk to Domus Dimitrov at 8.15. A little bit difficult to say his name at 6.09 in the morning. Uh, so, the former GM of the Falcons. Uh, so much great stuff. He's got a great uh, new company that he's a big part of as well. Can't wait for some of the guests today. Just great stuff. Right. Right. So just Dimitrov, I read that article you sent me yesterday. It's some interesting stuff in there. He's not in the NFL right now, right? No, he is a kind of a consultant for a company called, or he's the CEO of a company called Sumer Sports, which is a NFL consultancy where they help optimize teams' rosters around oh, the league. Okay, because obviously so he knows everything about what's going he on. He attributes a lot of his success to one of our friends of the shows, one of our fr- friends in real life, Scott Pioli. Scotty P. And- I was thinking, if both of these guys are out of the NFL, what if they both come back together somewhere that you know, there's teams that are looking for you know, that have openings? Sure, 
Is how about Mark Dominic that, too? I don't know. Coming, well, coming how, how do you together? decide who's the? How do you decide who's in charge though? When you have three guys as decorated as Dimitrov, Pioli, yeah. Dominic. I mean, that, that would be the biggest challenge. But I'm sure Dimitrov. Dominic Pioli have all had opportunities to get back into the NFL over the last couple of years. I'm certain they all, all three of them will. But Dimitrov will join us at 8:15. He's got a, a significant connection to Canada as well as a University of Guelph graduate. Uh, worked in the CFL as well, so a lot of great stuff to talk to with him. And we'll talk to Greg Moore, the head coach of the Toronto Marlies, at 9:15. Again, the surprises will be rolling in throughout the morning here on Carlos' 40th birthday, and it's all request Friday on the show. Fire your requests off to 10-50-50, and we'll do our best to play them over the course of the next four hours. Here we go. It's Friday morning here on First Up. We'll be back with more after this. Go, 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 Charlie. Into club somewhere, Carlo Koliakovo and his family will be tonight on King West. Probably not, but we're back here on First Up. Aaron Karolnik, the birthday boy, Carlo Koliakovo. This is a request from Jay in Calgary, and also a request from your brother Marco, who, of course, is a faithful listener to his little brother's radio program. Marco's got two birthdays to celebrate today in his family. Not only yeah. yours, but also your twin brother, Paulo. Uh, happy birthday to him. And, um, you know, I'm sure you guys had some big-time shakers back in the day. You know, OHL goaltender of the year, Paulo Koliakovo, first-round pick, Carlo Koliakovo. I mean, what were some of the shenanigans in the early 20s? Well, I'll be honest with you, AK. <laughs> uh, we haven't really so. had many birthdays together because at this time of the year when we're both playing hockey we're both separated from each other that's right? true so um this one's gonna be a fun one um you know we i don't know what we have planned today our wives planned something i think it includes Ooh. some sort of dinner that we might be going to but i don't know it's a surprise <laughs> to me just like this this surprise was coming down into my office this morning so yeah um yeah, it's it, you know what now that you know I'm retired from the game, I'm home more often. Um, you know, obviously he's established here too. It's it's nice to finally do these things together, and today's a significant one, so I'm excited to see what what's in store. Likewise, likewise. Um, tonight is game 999 for John Tavares. No way, NHL career. It is meaning that Sunday against the Washington Capitals will be game number a thousand. Now, you yeah. spent a ton of time with Tavares. You know him well. You trained with him. I mean, 1,000 games for Tavares. He's played with the Leafs for the last, what, this is his fifth season in fourth Toronto? Year. Fourth season in Toronto. So, I mean, just like speak to the longevity, the ability to play at the level that he has, the consistency, the 20-goal seasons, 13 of them. The guy's been an absolute model of consistency over his career. And, you know, there's always going to be the, the, the debate in Leafs Nation about if the Leafs should have signed John Tavares. But, you know, putting that aside for today and I guess for Sunday as well, just having seen him come up in the NHL and do what he's doing even now, I mean, it must be just remarkable to watch that. And the milestone of a 1,000 games, I mean, it's going to be something special on Sunday night. Yeah, look, anytime somebody celebrates that type of milestone, it's um... – um, you know, you, you really tip your hat to them because of the, the, you know, commitment, the dedication, the hard work that is put into, you know, al allowing yourself to, you know, achieve that type of longevity. Um, I've known John Tavares for, a, you know, a long time right now. 
you know, even his first couple of years in the league, and you really saw, you know, how committed he was to the game of hockey. Everything he did in his life outside of the game was always, um, you know, directed at his who he was, who he's going to be as a hockey player. You know, the 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 training, the nutrition, the um, you know the way he takes care of himself with his rehab and his maintenance and stuff like that, and obviously those type of things early on in their career really pay off late in their career because it allows your you know to train your body to prepare for these type of moments. And you know I really don't understand you know Leaf Nation's critics about or criticism about John Tavares and. You know, he was one of those guys that everybody wanted. And then when he came here, people found more reasons not to have him here. And it's like, what do you guys want out of the guy? Like, he came here. This is a guy that actually, you know, crossed the line of, you know, homegrown guys coming home to play for Toronto. And then after two years, people are like, oh, we didn't need this guy. Why did we do it? And stuff like that. And I've always been a supporter of Tavares, even to this day. Um, you know, it's, it's really, um, you're, you're, you should be really appreciative of what it is you see out of the player as a, both a leader and, you know, a contributor on and off the ice. And I think, you know, what he represents in the community too, with a lot of the stuff that he's doing with his foundation and, uh, the community work that he does, um, you know, he, he's a guy that that's well-respected among, amongst his peers and deservingly so. I, it's, it's, I'm happy for him and, and I'm happy, you know, on Sunday he'll get to, um, you know, reach that milestone. Yeah, that, that's going to be a, a special night down at Scotiabank Arena. I'm glad that he's able to do it at home in front of his family and friends. And you're right. Cro- I mean, you can kind of look at it that Tavares joining the Leafs is crossing the picket line of <laughs> the refusal right. from superstar players from the GTA to come back and, and play in Toronto. It's well-documented. The San Jose Sharks offered him $13 million a year. He opted to take the Toronto Maple Leafs offer at $11 million a year. Right. Say what you will about, you know, I mean, like, statistically speaking, his numbers in Toronto are very much in line with what he was doing with the New York Islanders. I mean, around he's a point, a point of game, game player. He's a rock-solid player on both sides of the puck, and he hasn't really slowed down at all. So, again... A lot of it has to do with the salary cap and how it fits. They had Nazem Kadri at the time. Was it necessary to sign John Tavares? Could you have used Kadri as the second-line center at X number of dollars versus allocating the money to Tavares? I mean, it's, it's a reasonable argument, and it's a good debate. But at the same time, when you get a free agent of that caliber in that demand, you do it. And the Leafs did it. And to this point in time, it has not paid off as far as winning a playoff series or winning the Stanley Cup, but perhaps this is the year, and it remains to be seen. Uh, yeah. Leafs are having a great season, and Tavares is a big part of that, just under a point a game. He's got 21 goals, 27 assists, 48 points in 49 games. So um, nothing really to disparage as far as his production, but at the end of the day, it's all about winning in the postseason, and we've got about 34 games until we get to that point. But, yeah, the Leafs and the Sens tonight. The Sens coming off a win over the Islanders. The Leafs coming off a win over the Rangers. So an odd coincidence there. And Ottawa's right. been a team all year, right? Like, think about the expectations they had coming in. A lot of people like, they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, this is the team ready for the next step. You bring in Claude Giroux. You bring in Alex Dabrinkit and Cam Talbot and goal, and everything looked to be primed for them to make a significant run of the postseason, but just hasn't really worked out that way. And I think the, the, the thing we always talked about was the lack of, of 
yeah, not talent, but depth on the back end, yeah. and that's been a, a major Impact. issue for them. Keeping pucks Impact out of their, the keeping end. pucks out of their net, and they're they're able to score. I mean, the Sens rack yeah. up a ton of goals, but defensively, just hasn't been in line with what a playoff contender had, traditionally does. Look, I, I think the Ottawa Senators are a good example of, um, you know, hype around a team that didn't meet expectation and. Rightfully so. I mean, this is a team that made massive moves in the offseason. I mean, you talk about the Debrinka trade. You talk about the signing of Claude Giroux, who has had a great season so far. But the biggest question mark and what everybody's been waiting for for this Ottawa Senators team is for Pierre Dorian to make the necessary move needed to upgrade his defense to allow his team to be whole and allow his team to compete against some of the best in the Eastern Conference. Because let's be honest, in the Eastern Conference is, I mean, say what you want about the, the, the bottom eight teams last year making significant upgrades through the offseason. You look at the top eight teams right now, I mean, other than New Jersey, there isn't much of a surprise team. It's right? true. It's almost and a so, surprise that there's not more of a surprise. I, right. Perfectly said, right? And, and I think Ottawa is one of those teams that you know most people expected to compete for a playoff spot and 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 maybe we should pay a little bit more attention to the buffalo sabers because they won five in a row and they're only two points out of a playoff spot and maybe that's the team that's that's taking the necessary leap because you have rasmus dahlin playing at a norris level you have owen power in his first uh full nhl season who's you know starting to get hot as of late you're seeing tage thompson and alex tuck and jeff skinner you know perform at a, as a top line as one of the best in the league with the way they can score goals and there's a lot of excitement and buzz around that buffalo sabers team that we're not really seeing from this ottawa senators team that we were expected to see this year and again they make those moves in the offseason you're waiting for them to make that move for defensemen they don't do it and we're in january and they still haven't done it yeah, and and the, 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 the Klingberg, the Klingberg rumors are there with Ottawa, but he's been terrible in Anaheim this year. I, I don't really know how they approach it, but I think there's a lot right. of disappointed Senators fans, and rightfully so. But you know, they've got a lot of these guys signed long term, so and like a really good young core. It's a it's a bright future, but maybe it's something that is for next year and not this year. You mentioned Tage Thompson. Do you see that goal? That 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 gorgeous play. Yeah. It was Tuck to Skinner to Tage Thompson, wide open cage. Uh, yeah. One of the most beautiful goals of the season. Uh, if you missed it, we'll retweet it on the First Up Twitter account. We will bring in our producer, Slick Nick McVicker, on the other side. We'll play some fill-in-the-blank with him. And the surprises may begin on the other side as we celebrate Carlo Koliakovo's 40th birthday here on First Up. It's TSN 1050. It's a beautiful day. Awesome, you yeah, too. It it's a beautiful day because we're celebrating Coco's 40th B-Day here on First Stop. Welcome back to the program. That's a request from Rocco in Toronto, a faithful thank listener. You, Rocco. Rocco, thank, thank you, you very much for the wishes and for the song request here on All Request Friday on First Up. We've got our producer, Slick Nick, standing by for fill in the blank. But before we get to Nick... Of course, you know, it being your birthday, we've only got four hours, right? So we don't exactly have the ability to call all of your favorite people. 
So we decided to maybe get some well wishes from certain people and have them send in their thoughts and best wishes on this significant occasion. So uh, to begin the festivities, let's play this one. Hey, Carlo. Turbo here. You know, the best putter at Rattlesnake. (laughs) Anyways, just wanted to wish you a happy 40th. You don't look a day past 21. Yes. Except your body doesn't match. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Wizard of the White Claw. Derek Chiruba, a.k.a. Turbo. Great guy. And he is the best potter at Rattlesnake. We've seen it on many, many occasions. Uh, The guy can roll it. uh, Good friend of the show. So shout out to Turbo. Uh, He wanted to be part of the festivities. And uh, it was great to have him uh, call in there and uh, give us his wishes. So more of that coming up a little bit later. But we don't need the sting, Chrissy. Let's go right into it. Slick Nick, let's play some fill in the blank. What are we talking about today? Well, first, I want to say, Carlo, happy birthday. Thanks, bro. Happy to be on the birthday show with you boys. Um, Let's go straight to the NFL. And Nathaniel Hackett gets signed by the Jets to be their offensive coordinator. How? How? (laughs) How does this guy get a job again? (laughs) Well, I can tell you the answer. I mean, they're recruiting Rodgers. That's that's got to be clearly it. It didn't work in Denver. Denver, Isn't that why Denver (laughs) signed uh, Hackett to be the head coach? They thought they were getting Rodgers, and then they're like, okay, we'll settle for the next best. (laughs) And you know what? Because we didn't get Rodgers, we're firing you after one year. Not even a year. 13 games. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but on the Aaron Rodgers track, Aaron Rodgers will be playing for blank next season. I think the Green Bay Packers. I think we 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 have been fooled by this game already once last year, when you know it was free agency when Schefter dropped the bomb that he wanted to be traded and. All the news throughout the offseason, ultimately, it just gave him more leverage to be back in Green Bay. And I think that's exactly what he's doing right now. If you're Aaron Rodgers and your number one priority is to put yourself in the best position to win, we, we talked about this at length all week. Why are you coming to the AFC to give yourself the best chance to win? It doesn't make any sense. That Green Bay team is built for Aaron Rodgers to win with a running game, with a defense. They need more receivers for him. So if he stays there and he has actual say in what management does, he should be forcing them to go out and trade for DeAndre Hopkins in, yeah. in Arizona. Well, I Bring wonder, him in a wide receiver. I wonder if Green Bay is like, all right, we've had enough of this guy already. You know, he's 40 years old. Maybe they saw something in him last year. And I think everybody who was watching the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers last year saw something that lent itself to maybe he's fallen off a little bit. The guy won two MVPs in a row and then had a horrible season this year. And sure, you could blame it on the departure of Devontae Adams, the lack of receivers, whatever. But to my eye, Aaron Rodgers was not the same. And if that's indeed the case, you might be cutting bait at the right time. And if you can get multiple first-round picks yeah. for a 40-year-old quarterback, I think yeah. Green Bay would be dumb not to at least consider the proposition. So I'm going to go, to fill in your blank, Nick, I'm going to go with the Jets. I think there is something to this. The dominoes are falling in that direction from the Adam Schefter report saying that a trade is very much a possibility. To Hackett being the OC in New York, they're going to give up two firsts. Aaron Rodgers will be part of Gang Green next year. It's absolutely clear why the Jets made the move. They believe that him bringing in them bringing in Hackett gives them a better chance to get Rodgers. But what if they don't get Rodgers and they're stuck with Hackett? 
Do they fire him after? <laughs> well, it's amazing. You look at Hackett's career. When Without Aaron Rodgers, he's a very mediocre offensive coordinator. Right. With Aaron Rodgers, I mean, two MVP seasons So right. um, for, for A-Rod. So, I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. Hackett, as a head coach, obviously a debacle in Denver. But he is very close friends with Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets. Uh-huh. So that's how they're going to sell it. It's like, oh, you know, look at, like, you know, we've got a good relationship, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. Let's see how good that relationship is once Zach Wilson or Mike White. I, it, I do like Mike White. But, Slick, yeah, didn't you say that so. Zach Wilson was openly trying to recruit Aaron Rodgers to come there? Yeah, there were some rumors on Twitter that he is actively recruiting because they are friends. So that was going to be my next fill-in-the-blank. Zach Wilson okay. recruiting Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is blank. <laughs> it's appropriate <laughs> because if you're Zach Wilson... You're basically saying, oh, man, I, I hate playing here. They're all over me. If Aaron Rodgers can come here and I can watch, get paid to watch football again, that would be amazing. I mean, I don't I don't want to play in this market. So, yeah, bring in Aaron Rodgers. Let him take the heat. And let me just be the practice guy for the team. The practice guy, yeah. Second overall practice guy. I do wonder, uh, Zach, by the way, to fill in your blank, Zach Wilson recruiting Aaron Rodgers is total nonsense. I don't believe that for a second. But I do wonder if Zach Wilson could be going the other way in a potential Aaron Rodgers oh, trade. Sure would that's would Green Bay, I would I would tend to agree, but would Green Bay have any interest in Zach Wilson? Or do they want to roll with Jordan Love? Or maybe they want Derek Carr as their quarterback. I don't know. Maybe there could be a lot of dominoes to fall. Maybe they trade for Lamar Jackson. But I think what, uh, yeah, you take those two firsts you get for Rodgers, you package one of your own, send it to Baltimore, now you have Lamar for the next, uh, wow. whatever, X number of years. Wow. general manager, but Zach Wilson has zero recruiting clout. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would even return a text from Zach Wilson. Next, Nick. All right, well, the NBA announced their starters for the All-Star game last night. No real surprises. Maybe Zion Williamson sneaking in as the third forward on the West. But, boys, fan voting for All-Star Games is blank. The best. It's the best because the fans actually vote in the best players in the game. You're not having, you know, an All-Star Game where you have teams or you have players that play for the Charlotte Hornets or the Houston Rockets in that game because guess what? Nobody cares about those players. It's all about selling the stars. And you know what? Zion Williamson is a star that they want to sell in the NBA. So, yeah, he should be in that game. So, I think the NBA does it right. They have the best players that represent the league go to that game. You have all, even the players that don't go to that game or don't get selected to play in that game still go to that game. Because it's just, it's a place where everybody wants to be, which is something the NHL just has a hard time replicating. No, I, I think you're spot on. The NHL did have those extra guys that they had voted in, like Matthews, Pasternak, Vasilevsky with the Atlantic division. But, yeah, the right. entirety. Uh, I, I do appreciate how the NBA does things. And the significance of the NBA All-Star game makes virtually every other All-Star game basically irrelevant, right? So um, I think what they do is is the correct methodology, and um, I, I really appreciate it. And you're right about Zion, who – I don't know, may or may not play. That guy's in and out of the lineup right. seemingly every night. But even if well. he doesn't play, he's going to be there. Yep. And Dur- right? yeah. And Durant, uh, was it, was he voted in an All-Star as well, Nick? Yeah, he's a starter in the East. So yeah. let me ask you but something. See if he's healthy play. as well, yeah. What time was that announcement made of the players? Uh, just after 7, I believe. Oh, okay. So prime time. Right. Okay. See, the NBA <laughs> does it right. They actually make that announcement at prime time when people are still awake, not at 10.30 at night when people are asleep like the NHL thought was a good idea to do. 
That is very true, Carlo. Very true. Yes. All right. We're going to move to the NFL. Obviously, championship weekend is this weekend. So, blank is the most intriguing storyline ahead of the conference championship games. It's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you can say what you want about Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. The health of Patrick Mahomes is clearly the top storyline going into this weekend because it's his health that probably determines whether KC can win or not. I mean, a a 50% healthy Patrick Mahomes doesn't give them the best chance to win. A 90% healthy Patrick Mahomes gives them a way better chance to win. Yeah, I'm not sure Mahomes held this. I mean, I think he's good to go. I, some, I don't understand how. It doesn't really make any sense to me considering the, the ankle injury. Maybe they are, and he comes out, he's hobbled, or maybe he takes a bad step and he is not the Patrick Mahomes that we've become accustomed to over the years. But to my eye and to the practice reports and everything coming out of Kansas City, Mahomes is healthy. You know what I'm going to go with, Slick? I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals players' trash talk being the storyline and the bulletin board material for the Kansas City Chiefs. Them calling Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead, Burrowhead. Stead, Burrowhead yes. Stadium because of his dominance in Kansas City. I'm telling you, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, and I've completely changed my tune over the last couple of weeks, I think the Bengals are poised to get their asses kicked coming up on get Sunday by here, the really? Kansas City Wager? Chiefs. I have uh, turned. Yeah, I'm in for a wager, absolutely. And I understand I'm I'm betting on Mahomes and the bulky ankle, but I think that the Chiefs are being significantly undervalued here. And if we're working under the assumption that Mahomes is indeed healthy, I think the Chiefs are just a better team than the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, I, I told I'm riding with them. I totally agree with you that people are overlooking the Kansas City Chiefs and. You know, again, it's recency bias. You, you, you saw the Bengals just absolutely dominate the Bills last week, and you see, you saw the Chiefs squeak by again against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So maybe that 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 mindset is a little bit appropriate to think that way and overlook the Chiefs. Man, we're still talking about a team that's coached by Andy Reid, who manufactured a 98-yard drive with Chad had Chad Henney as their mm-hmm. quarterback against the, the Jaguars. They have three running backs that can that can, you know, may be factors in that backfield and they got Travis Kelsey. So I wouldn't overlook the Chiefs, but I also wouldn't ride with the Chiefs knowing how good the Bengals are right now. I'm 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 team Bengals right now. All right. And you know, the people will point to the 3 and 0 record that Cincinnati has against KC, which is totally true. It's undeniable, yeah. but KC was right there in all three of those games. In each of those three games, according to ESPN's Football Power Index or whatever, uh, at some point in that game, KC had a 75% chance or better of winning those games. So those were games that could have gone either way. They all went Cincinnati's way. I don't think Sunday will go the same way, but remains to be seen. we got time for one more, Nick. Go ahead. All right, boys, let's go to the Leafs. And obviously the conversation around the blue and white is the trade deadline and what they may or may not do. So blank is a perfect fit ahead of the deadline. And we've talked about this all week. It's hard to really pinpoint what a perfect fit is because you don't really know who's available. I mean, if we're going just by our conversation with uh mike johnson yesterday when he threw the name barbashev out there mm. i would love that name as a player that the maple Leafs should target but i don't i don't get all excited about a gavrikov or a klingberg 
or you know an O'Reilly and, and even a Horvat because I just don't think those are going to be moves that the Maple Leafs see themselves making. It's going to be the cost is way too much to get those. I think depending on who becomes available, I, I think I'm gonna I think instead of saying a name, I'm gonna say top six left winger is the position they should focus on, whoever that is. Agreed. I, I think that's a that's a fair point. And I also don't know if we can truly understand the scope of what's going to be available come March 9th, right? Or is it March 3rd, the deadline? And February 9th, NBA, March March 3rd, 3rd. and uh, NHL. So I think there's a lot to be determined about who's a buyer, who's a seller. As The standings are really clumped up at this point. We should get some more clarity in the coming weeks. But I think ultimately I'm with you. I want a guy, if I'm the Leafs, who can score, who can produce offense. Because you think about the way that they've gone out in the postseason. As odd as it is to say, hasn't been the goaltending it really hasn't been the defense either they just haven't been able to get that timely goal at the right right moment it was nick paul who scored twice in game seven and we saw it against columbus and against montreal and against boston over the years as well scoring that big goal in that big moment maybe the guy they can bring in is that individual and who that is i'm not sure nick i couldn't identify somebody in particular but i think that would be the spot i'd be looking at if I was the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got the first up scoreboard coming up on the other side. And some more surprises in store on this special birthday edition of First Up from my man Coco, Darren Dreger at 745 as well for Leafs Breakfast ahead of Leafs and Sens tonight down at the bank. More First Up as we continue here on TSN 1050. Oh, magic carpet ride by Steppenwolf, a request by Dean in Montreal. I believe this was the theme song to MVP Baseball 2005. I remember playing a lot of that game and listening to a lot of that song. So shout out to our man Dean, uh, who listens to the program live from MTL each and every morning. We've got the first up scoreboard in just a moment, but Coco, the birthday wishes continue to come in. Let's see who's up now. Hey, Carlo. It's Frankie Corrado and oh, your favorite, Tessa Bonham. Happy hey! birthday, buddy. The big 4-0. Hope you're celebrating, enjoying the show with AK. You got a lot of good friends, a lot of love in your life. We love you, buddy. Have a wonder bar. <laughs> All the best, buddy. Happy birthday. You're the man. All right. Nice. Here you go. Frankie and Tessa. They were on the Habs broadcast. The Habs, the Habs broadcast last night. You can tell yeah. this was a, a last minute, a last minute execution <laughs> uh, from us here on the show. All right, Chrissy, let's hit it. We'll get to the NHL in just a moment, but scary sight for the Dallas Mavericks and NBA fans last night. Luka Doncic plays just three minutes, does not return. With an ugly-looking ankle injury, somehow nice. Dallas able to win on the back of Spencer Dinwiddie, who scored 36 points. Who needs Doncic when you huh. have Dinwiddie? <laughs> but, I mean, anytime you see a guy like Luka Doncic just having such an unbelievable season go down the way he did, Coco, you just got to hold not your good. breath and hope it's not too bad, right? Not good. Not, not good at all. At all. Yeah, hopefully he's all right, man. That would be really unfortunate if Doncic missed a significant period of time. We saw Kyrie Irving score 40 points in a home loss 
to the Detroit Pistons. Man, do the Nets need to get Kevin Durant back no ASAP? Without him, they stink. The Knicks, a surprise win over the Boston Celtics uh, on the road. Julius Randle with 37. Tatum with 35, 14, and 4 in that one. We discussed this earlier in the NHL. I mean, upset central. We had the Arizona Coyotes beat the St. Louis Blues 5-0. Anaheim beat Columbus on the road 5-3. Beat Colo- Colorado, not Columbus. But, but beat Col- it would be Columbus. They beat Colorado. Frank Vetrano with a hat trick yeah. for Anaheim. Shout out to Frankie V. Big performance from him. And the Blackhawks, a 5-1 win over the That's Calgary Flames. That's a bad Flames. loss for the Calgary Flames, man. You ever bad hear of loss. Jackson Stauber before? He's the goalie for Chicago. Get uh, out of here. Out, <laughs> outstanding performance. 34 saves. And he was great. He was great. Uh, was yeah, he's not Jackson playing anymore games. They probably called him up to lose. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I had never heard of that guy. They had another guy earlier in the season start for them. I forget what his name is. Uh, a Russian kid. No, not Mrazic. <laughs> I know I know Mrazic. Um, yeah, Chicago's had a little bit of a revolving door in goal. And whatever, Jackson Stauber, doesn't matter. They win in Calgary. Man, that's a tough loss for the Flames. You know, Markstrom's record this year is 13-13-5. Wow. Like, that's a tough and one. We talk about goaltending and just how fickle it is from year to year. One year you're a Vezina Trophy candidate. The next year you're mediocre. And that's exactly yeah. what... Markstrom has been all year for the Calgary Flames, but when I mean, there's still 30 plus games to turn it around, uh, they're going to need to do it in short order. They're very much in risk of missing the playoffs uh, in Calgary, and what a debacle that would be if that were to yeah, occur. No kidding, no kidding. Especially the offseason they had. The Montreal Canadiens lose an exciting game to the Detroit Red Wings in overtime on a game-winning goal by Robbie Fabry, and the significance of that loss was Montreal's third jerseys are a curse for the Montreal Canadiens. They've worn them six times, and they're 0-6. Those oh. jerseys on. Well, it's becoming sure. a thing in Montreal. They don't know. They're, they're, people are saying they don't want them to wear those jerseys anymore. Yeah, or they do want them to wear the jerseys. If they or, to yes, lose for actually, yes, they do. I'm sure, I'm sure Kent jerseys. Hughes is calling down, like, wear those jerseys yeah. each and every night. Tampa, a 3-2 win over Boston. I mean, what a great game that was. The Lightning snapped the Bruins. Six-game winning streak. You feel like Boston's always on a six-game winning streak. I'm sure they'll start a new one in their next game. But that was you know an awesome game. game. A lot of firepower. Like, think about the guys who scored in that game. Marshan, Point, Hedman, Brandon Hagel. I mean, all the big boys were producing last night in that one. You know what the scary thing about that game was? Is that was playoff hockey mm-hmm. between Boston and Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is starting to feel they've, they won their 11th straight game at home, setting a franchise record yesterday with that win. Guess who the Maple Leafs are going to play in the playoffs? One of those two teams. (laughs) And the Maple Leafs play Boston next Wednesday as well. That should be a hell of a game. Can't wait for that one. They've got the Senators tonight and the Capitals on Sunday. We'll be joined by Dylan Strom of the Caps at 9.30. Hour two of First Stop on the way. More 40th birthday celebrations for Coco. We've got our hockey insider, Darren Drager, as well. Keep in mind, just seven more opportunities to qualify for the Waste Management Open Contest. More details on the other side. Hour 2 begins now.